This is your pal Daffy Duck, and you're watching. You're watching. We're watching. You're watching Fanboy. 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 Fanboy, etc. Fanboy Nation. God, I assume Tom. She is an animation professor at Cal State Long Beach and has just created a book with IDW's imprint, Top Shelf Productions, The Science of Surfing, A Surfside Girl's Guide to the Ocean, available on August 17th. Kim Dwinnell, how are you today? I'm fantastic. Thanks for asking. How are you? I am a little sad that we're not doing this face-to-face since I went to Cal State Long Beach for my teaching credential, and it's only about 20 minutes. No way! Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, I'm sad we're not face-to-face. I know, that is life right now, right? It's a, it's all right. Once we get through the formalities, we'll go grab a beer somewhere, and then we'll really talk bad about the education system behind their back. So it's okay. <laughs> I'm always up for grabbing a beer, so yes. <laughs> Congratulations on the book, The Science of Surfing, a, surf guy, a Surfside Girl's Guide to the Ocean, because as every professor who writes a book, even though it's a comic book or a graphic novel in this case, the titles have to be excessively long. <laughs> yeah, and we did struggle with that quite a bit, like moving words around and moving words around. Yeah, so so yes, it is a mouthful. <laughs> it, it's all right. It's it's a great book. If I was a little kid, I'd be happy to read it. Uh, it's kid friendly. It's a uh, it's you know it's based in oceanography, astronomy, uh, marine biology, and so much more that goes into this just from the perspective of two young surfer girls and, of course, getting teased by a bratty little brother. Well, you know, anyone who had a little brother got teased by a bratty little brother, right? So that was such a part of my childhood. I had to throw that in there. But, yeah, this book is, um, you know, I am a surfer and um, surf regularly, and I wanted this book to be, like, the kind of science that you would encounter if you were basically here in Southern California and encountering the beaches. So, like, what what do you experience firsthand here? And I realize not everyone is here, but I had to come up, like, the ocean is such a gigantic, almost infinite place that I had to bite off a very small piece of it in order to figure out what I was going to talk about. And I so, therefore, I made it in this fictitious town of Surfside um, that's here in Southern California. Well, listen, you'll make the sequel to this book. You said it in Florida, and I'll be about hurricanes. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 and yeah, um, I have spent a little time in Florida myself and remembered boarding up windows, you know, the, the plywood and everything and, and hunkering down, and, and that's terrifying. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, my cousin lives in Florida, so I, I have to tease Florida just a little bit, but I had a great time when I was visiting, so I cannot make fun of the state too much. I honestly think all the crazy stuff that we see on the news is Florida's advertisement to keep everybody away, especially New Yorkers. <laughs> that may very well be true, because I did enjoy Florida immensely, too, except they really know how to do humidity in August. So that, besides that, it's all good. And that's why we're in beach cities in Southern California right now talking about the science of surfing, a Surfside Girl's Guide to the Ocean. Yes. How important was it for you it's to work with uh, Top Shelf Productions? Because I know uh, it's an imprint of IDW, and one of the head honchos right now of IDW is Mark Irwin, who is an avid surfer himself from San Diego. Well, I tell you what, um, I will backtrack um, into that and let you know that they have been such a hoot. Like, Top Shelf is great. IDW, you, you've got to understand that, like, it's May. I'm in the middle of finishing up 
a semester teaching on Zoom, which makes you want to throw yourself off bridge. And I'm in the middle of finals, which means that I've got to give finals. I've got to calculate final grades. I've got to get final grades in, and it all happens very quickly. And I get a call from IDW. Hi, Kim. Um, we were talking and wondered if maybe you wanted to get a GoPro and go surfing and get a whole bunch of footage of you surfing for this trailer we want to do for the science of surfing. And then can we have it like in a week? (laughs) And, you know, of course I'm in panic mode, but I think to myself, do I have the coolest publisher in the world? Um, that, you know, IDW is down there in San Diego and some, some, they're sitting around, I don't know, coffee or a conference table saying like, we should make Kim go surfing and film it. And, like, you think she'd be up for it? And, of course, how can I say no to that, right? right. So they've been fantastic. And, and Top Shelf has, you know, has published the first two books in this series and has been fantastic to work with. Chris Stars is a super smart guy, and I, I really respect him and, and his, um, his critical mm-hmm. eye and understanding of how story works. Yeah. And it, it does sound like a publishing house where they sit there and go, by the way, the book's coming out next week. I know you're as busy as you possibly can be. Uh, go spend an hour and a half in the ocean and film this for me. Yeah, not a problem. And, and you know, they, for this, uh, I don't know if you saw the San Diego at Home thing, but Dr. Chris Lowe of the Shark Lab at Cal State Long Beach is the professor who checked my science because I'm a surfer, you know, and I'm, I'm an animator. <laughs> so I'm not a scientist, and I wanted to make sure that the science was spot on after all the research I had done. I had to have eyes on it. So, that you know, they also said, do you think you could just call up Dr. Lowe and see if he could meet you down on the beach to film? And I thought, this is a world-class scientist guy. Like, I know him. It was collaborated, but I'm not sure I can call him at home and go, hey, Chris, <laughs> what are you doing next week? You know, he's in finals, too, but he was super gracious and agreed. And, and uh, yes, yeah, so that went that went forward and, and actually ended up being delightful. Well, that sounds like you guys had a great time together putting this through. And uh, I commend you for being one of the rare people that would actually check their sources and follow up with somebody <laughs> that knows what they're talking about. completely terrified when you're putting out fiction because if someone questions something, you're like, I wrote it. It's fiction. But when it's science and it's facts, I'm like, shoot, I think this is the way the moon works. Like, I've done all this research on NASA and and NOAA and all the, you know, looked at all these YouTube videos and tried to process all this. But what if I have it wrong? And then I'm implanting this in the heads of, like, nine-year-olds everywhere. So, I, you know, I'm cringing under that responsibility and having anxious nights. So I'm really, really glad that there were eyes on this. Right, and you and yeah. you mixed up a waxing crescent with a waning crescent, and it's all over. Exactly, exactly. My credibility is down the toilet. Well, don't worry. Like most scientists today, that that pander for politics, their their credibility is down the down the drain as well. So we're okay. So I would be in good company, huh? Yeah, you know, except not as financially secure. <laughs> But the artwork is very kid-friendly, but it's not childish. And uh, I, I presume that you did the the art yourself as well as writing the book along with Correct. your tab- uh, collaboration. Yeah, yeah, I wrote and illustrated. Um, I was really conscious of, of trying to keep a lot of white space around my illustrations. I tried to keep the colors really lively and friendly and the um, drawings really energetic because, you know, I love, 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 love science. I'm kind of an armchair scientist, and um, but not good on the mathy end of things. And so 
if I was a kid and some, you know, my parent was shoving a book at me that, that said science on it and it looked at all like it was going to be dense and thick, I would, I'd like flee, right? So I thought, okay, I'm that kid. I've got to write it for that kid. Um, where these are super interesting and cool concepts and very relatable to surfing, like stuff you actually have to know or, or should want to know if you're surfing, but it can't look like a textbook. It can't look like it's trying to beat you over the head. Right. For sure. Well, a, a very close friend of mine is a professor of microbiology over in West Virginia. And we were talking and he asked me, when did I lose interest in in science as a student? I said, that was easy. It was, it was probably seventh grade or eighth grade where they threw all this technical Greek and Latin jargon at us. And it was fascinating till the very end. And then what we found out what the payoff was is where we turned around and go, well, to hell with you. That was a waste of my time. You know, it was like, it was like 45 minutes of whatever the lecture was. And it was like, and that's how you make a glass Coke bottle. And I'm like, (laughs) really? That, that's, you couldn't have started with, Hey, you want to figure out how to make a a tire? Okay. That sounds kind of interesting. And then go through it. No, you give me this grandiose buildup and then the crescendo and then a complete drop off. Well, and, and that's what's sad. Like, we need scientists. We need we need smart young people who are, you know, engaged and involved because this is our environment and this is our planet and this is stuff we should love and care about and want to figure out stuff for, you know. And, and we have, I mean, America's a great country with brilliant brains and we have enough resources to let people, like, figure stuff out. Like, we're really in a good place. You know, I mean, it's not, I mean, we have indoor plumbing. It's not the 1700s. You know, we, we're actually in a place where we can, we can do stuff and fix stuff. Um, but, but people have to, I think, I think I would like to, for my readers of this book to know that, like, you are science too. You know, you're a living, breathing being. And when you're out in that ocean and the, the wave starts to go up and picks up your toes on the back of your longboard and, and you know you've got to pop up soon. Where that came from, that came from a storm way out the sea, and it's generating this this wavelength that has a, a formula, you know, that someone can describe with math, but they can also describe it with pictures, or they can describe it with surfing, you know? There are many ways to understand this science thing, and kinesthetically is an important thing, too, like to be out there touching it and feeling it. Right. And, and I think those people are important to science. Well, you're teaching science through your art the way I would have enjoyed it as a child and would have pushed me into applied sciences, uh, which is now called STEM, uh, which someone was oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. upon millions of dollars to come up with an acronym to change the name of applied sciences. <laughs> so uh, you can tell I'm a little bitter and jealous about that, that I, I wasn't creative enough to come up with an acronym to change the name of applied sciences. <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah, but but thank you for that because um, I was sad too. You know, I was the, I was the kid in high school that I was in love with biology and I was in love with physics and I was in this physics class and I was so completely enamored with the concepts of physics. I remember the senior year like really loving this class mm-hmm. and it would come to the test and I was getting D's on the test because I couldn't do the math that described it. I could understand the concepts. I could repeat back the concepts of what was at work and what forces and what, but I just couldn't do it with the numbers. And I don't think my teacher thought very much of me, and I and I felt sad. So years later, I end up in animation, which is the most artistic way to describe physics there is. Yeah. Like you're literally drawing physics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to sit there so, and go, like, "Wow, you're engulfed in geometry at this point." You're, yeah, you're just like you have to understand hang time. You have to understand 
you know, inertia, all these things as you're drawing it. And, um, and so, you know, I, I made my way back around to it. But, you know, talking to Dr. Lowe when we were, you know, when we were in his lab and I was saying I was that kid who couldn't keep up with math so I couldn't be a scientist. And he goes, stop right there. You know, there are other ways to be a scientist. There are always people who are good at the math, but we need people who think out of the box. We need creatives. You know, people who see things differently and can think differently. So that made me feel better. And perhaps if I had been younger, you know, I would have been inspired to chase that path. But I'm still chasing it kind of in my own way. Right. And then, you know, we'll do a sequel to Ancient Aliens and go that route. Alternative science. Alternative science. Like Pacific Rim, like coming out of the crack in the earth. Listen, I tease that show often, but that is my guilty pleasure. And I've covered the Alien Con convention a couple of times (laughs) and and Contact in the Desert. So, you know, it's a guilty pleasure uh, of being a part of it. And I love that it's some camps call it alternative science. Alternative science. All right. Well, hey, we don't really know the answers. There's some pretty weird stuff on this planet, to be honest. We don't know the answers. Yeah, I think the ocean. Open mind, right? Space. One more time. I said I think the ocean is scarier than outer space. (laughs) With everything that you got going on and this phenomenal book. The, that will really touch kids because I sat there and thought, I wish, as I mentioned earlier, I wish this had come my way when I was younger. Um, oh, thanks. Do you have nieces, nephews, your own children that you ran art and ideas by and said, hey, what do you think? Is this too much, too little? You know, how did that process go from the artistic side? Um, to be honest, like I do have a son. He's He's he was 19 during this book. So he's a bit older than my like target demographic, but I did run things by him and take a look and say, does this make sense? Um, I do have nieces and they're, they're the absolute appropriate age for this. But during COVID, you know, we were all kind of sequestered and um, I wasn't, you know, if it was normal days, like I'm after this interview, I'm going down to see my sister and my nieces, you know, after we get off the phone. But so I would normally see them regularly in these early days of COVID. Like I, I really dug into this book in January of 2020. That's when I put my head down and like really started to, to crank. And you know, here a, a month or two later, things are shutting down. And and I'll tell you, it was really while I didn't have access to people to really look at it besides you know emailing it to Dr. Lowe, um, it was really a good thing that I had this to focus on during those early days of COVID because. There was some scary stuff out there, right? We were all kind of terrified as we watched San Francisco shut down. And I think, heck, what's coming? So I just kept the um, Monterey Bay Aquarium, like, live cam for the kelp forest on and just dug into this research into my happy place. And and I think that was really good for my, my mental state, for sure. Well, you know, when COVID first hit here in Huntington, there was some guy that, like, the you know, the state's locked down. So he decided to go surfing. And they dragged him out of the ocean for his own safety from COVID. I was like, I think that guy's the safest one out of all of us right now. I'll be honest. I was I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> There's no one out there, man. I'm like, that guy is Let literally by himself. <laughs> right? You cannot be more, more social distance than that human. <laughs> right. Yeah, I yeah. get you there. So I was like, maybe that's the guy you should leave alone, you know, but... <laughs> I, I am glad that you are happy, you are healthy. Uh, 
I am looking forward to, and I'm pitching this to you because you're the one that made it, the animated versions of these series, whether it's cut up into five to 15 minute intervals or three full length features, you know, uh, of animated films or, you know, forcing your students to do it for you as part of their uh, master's thesis. <laughs> well, I tell you what, that is, that is the big dream. I mean, I, I see this stuff, I see panels moving all the time. And so, you know, I, so part of me thinks to myself, like, I wish this was Harry Potter world where, you know, you could turn the page and then the part that has the wave going would actually go and animate, you know, but we're not quite there yet. But yeah, that would be a fantastic idea. I would love to do that, you know, and I don't know, I, I'm a bit older, um, but I grew up on um, Scholastic Rock on my Saturday mornings, you know, where they had all of these different little two-minute tidbits with a song that were animated that taught me all about conjunction, junction, what's your function, and, you know, I'm just a bill, I'm only a bill sitting on, on Capitol Hill. So, like, all the stuff I learned on Saturday mornings, they kind of squeaked it through with some cool animation and, and good tunes. Yeah. So, perhaps I could do something like that. See, that's what I, that's what I'm thinking. Work it out that way. You know, make it yeah. like learn on the learning channel again. Something. <laughs> you know, Kim, Kim, we're having fun talking about this. I don't want to give away spoilers too much, but you know, we're talking about the weather. We're talking about tide changes, the, the shift in the, uh, in the, uh, um, I'm sorry. Uh, I lost my train of thought, but you know, the, the, uh, the, um, phases of the moon and how it affects things on top of all of this. Um, yeah. when we learn that we're really that intertwined with nature and humanity and it's not a divide and it's been this weird divide with certain communities, uh, whether it's spiritualists or religious people or atheists that think that there's a divide between nature when all the holy books and all the science put us in conjunction with the nature to go back and quote schoolhouse rock. Um, why do you think we've separate, we've will, willfully separated ourselves from there? Is it because we become too urbanized that we don't have the tie in to the farm and toiling in the soil anymore? You know, there, there's something really important about what you just said, and especially the farm and toiling in the soil. There, there's so much there. So, so let me, um, let me dig in from that last comment backward. Um, you know, I keep a garden plot at the Long Beach Community Garden because I do really, I think there's something really, I want to use the word sacred, but in that way where like it's spiritual to have your hands in the dirt. And it's also, I feel really, really important for a human to know how hard it is to get food. It's hard to get food. It's hard to grow your vegetable crops. Um, and, and there's a lot that comes up. And I think when we go to the supermarket and we see something in a little plastic container that's, you know, that's wrapped and it's got a pretty logo on it, there, there's really a disconnect about how that food got there to you. <clears throat> there could have been a blizzard. There could have been bugs. There could have been, you know, they're fighting with pesticides. They're fighting with, um, you know, bio-organic stuff. They're, this, this is really, really difficult. Maybe there was a frost and the, and, and the, the farmer lost his entire crop for the year, and, and that's tragic. So something about being out there every day, and, and I – so going taking this further back into surfing, there were some years where I was kind of struggling, and when I struggle, I go to the ocean. When I don't struggle, I go to the ocean. So I go to the ocean a lot. Um, 
But I was in the ocean probably every day surfing, lifeguarding, swimming for, for some years, pretty much every day. And there's something that happens when you, you show up at the beach and all of a sudden you, it's fall. You, because you've been in the ocean every day and it's been 65, it's been 64, it's been 66, it's been 67, it's been 64, it's been 65. And then bam, it's 60. And the wind's coming from a slightly different direction and the water's clear. And there's something about like when you're in it every day, you, you really are connected to changes. You're connected to wind shifts. You're connected to, um, what fish are you seeing? And, and, um, I think at one point in time, we on the planet were all like that by force. <laughs> you know, we were out in it all the time. And I can't say we were healthier then because, you know, I think life was probably really, really hard. You know, you're getting chased by mammoths, you know, and that's, that's gotta suck. Yeah. Um, but, but, and we have so many conveniences today. So I think it's almost like we have to take the time and, and keep that connection going because I do really feel it's a spiritual thing. And I think it keeps us healthier mentally and physically. And, it, and it's a great point to make. And, you know, you may, you make mention of the mammoth. See, I would have been dead just being 20 feet away from the saber toothed tiger. They're like, what happened? Oh, you know, Rob's cat allergies. So it's over. tragic artists of the time who were like, I'd really like to draw that saber tooth. And then that doesn't end well either. Right. So, you know, the hammer and the chisel with a, with a giant piece of stone. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you got teeth in your neck. Right. You know. But at least now you, you got the red shading for the, for the saber tooth. So you're good to go. You know, six of one, half a dozen. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Now, now the book, uh, book arrives August 17th. We could possibly order it through Top Shelf Productions itself through your website so you can get a bigger chunk of it. Will it also be at comic book stores and physical retailers? Yes, it's at Barnes & Noble. It's at your little local indie shops as well. So it is out in distribution. It's um, distributed by Penguin Random House. And it does go to comic shops, um, the ones that carry, you know, stuff for younger readers. Um, and if you order off my website, I do personalize them and draw in them. Oh, so, awesome. That's a plus. So you get There's a no extra sketch cost. With, the, with the graphic novel. You do. Right. You do. Yeah. If you order off the website, then you just ask for personalization and I'll, I'll do a little doodle. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, what's the website that we want to find you on so we can go out, buy your book, and, you know, support the teacher directly? <laughs> that's right. It's, uh, it's surfsidegirls.com. Okay. And here's the most important question of all for fall 2021. Uh, is this required reading for your students in order for you to go through with the public publisher parish aspect of being at a university? I wish I could, I wish I could find a way to make that happen. Um, but no, and, and hopefully the best I can hope for is that I can get my students out to my book signings because that would be a bunch of fun. And, uh, Cal State Long Beach is not going back in fall. My classes are both virtually. Uh, most of, most of their classes are virtual. So the only way I could actually encounter a student in person would be at a book signing. All right. So when that does start to happen, I might be able to at least see them. Listen, I'm trying to get you an extra 50 to 60 copies sold as required. <laughs> you think way better as a business person than I do. That's for sure. See, I went to San Francisco State for my undergrad. So I know the scams the professors there ran. To, to get their books bought by the students, so. <laughs> I thought this was an animation class and science. Yes, animation and science. Yeah. 
Because how do you know you're not going to end up working on the next Star Wars franchise for Disney? <laughs> you know, you know. See, you you are light speed. No pun intended. Light speed ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> That's fully pun intended. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but Kim Twinell, thank you so much for your time. Again, remind us of the website and where we can find you on social media. Um, you can find the website at surfsidegirls.com. Uh, you can also find me at kimdwinnell.com. And I am on Instagram as kimberly.dwinnell. Perfect. I'm also on Facebook, too, if you look that up. Well, for the, those seven people that still use Facebook without arguing politics right. and actually care about art, <laughs> that's where to go find you. Yeah, that's just my name as well. And Surfside Girls actually has a Facebook page um, that, you know, used to be what I mostly used back in the day, and now it's sort of defunct, but it's still there. Well, I love it. The Science of Surfing, a Surfside Girls Guide to the Ocean, available August 17th from Top Shelf Productions. Uh, slightly over 100 pages, fun animation, great storytelling, a lot of fun talking to you today, Kim, since we're not too far away from each other. We're going to make it a point to at least go grab a beer and I'm going to, I'm going to throw their name out there because they're out of San Diego, but they're, they got a great tasting room in Long Beach at, uh, Bows Point. Oh, heck, that sounds like a plan. Right. <laughs> we'll make it happen. Looking forward to it. And your publicist who's involved with this, Laura, we're going to make Laura come out with us too. That sounds fantastic. All right. She deserves it. That's for sure. That she does. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. It's been great talking. Uh, pleasure's mine. And Laura, thank you always for setting stuff up for me. My pleasure, guys. Thank you so much for the tag. Yes. And as much as you make fun of your voice, I, I'm a baritone in a bass. You're an alto. We'll harmonize over some beers with Kim, <laughs> and then we'll be good to go. We'll, we'll sing some acapella over some beers. Sounds like a date. Can't wait for it. Sounds <laughs> fantastic. All right. We'll make it happen. And this should go up uh, next Wednesday just to be safe. Awesome. Awesome. 